0: Good morning and welcome to the 7am Bible. This is Paul Chapman and this is episode number 35. Well, I hope you've been enjoying the episodes this week. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your love and mercy to us. We thank you for waking us to a brand new day and we pray for your blessing to be upon us as we open your word together. Please give us food for our souls and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been going through the life of Jacob In the last episode, we looked at Jacob's preparation to meet his brother Esau after 20 years away from home. His conscience was active. The nearer he advanced to Mount Seir, where Esau now lived, the more vivid, I believe, his memory of his past wrongs against Esau became. He had sent a message to Esau, counting Esau as his lord and himself a servant assuring Esau that God had blessed him with possessions and that Esau should have nothing to fear. Jacob was not returning to claim his inheritance. But no response came back from Esau. Only the news that Esau was approaching with an army of 400 men. Jacob was overcome with fear and distress. He lost his awareness of God's protection that God had given him just a few hours before with the angel uh, armies that had appeared in the front and behind Jacob, and consequently, he lost his faith. Stressed to the max, he took measures to divide his defenseless and unarmed company into two bands, hoping that if one was attacked, the other could escape. Burdened by his conscience, he felt alone and hopeless. He had yet to have an experience with God that would remove all fear and allow him to rest with perfect faith in God's love. His feelings, I believe, were much like Job's when Job cried in Job chapter 7, verse 6, My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and are spent without hope. And in Job 14, verse 18 and 19, And surely the mountain falling cometh to naught, and the rock is removed out of his place. The waters wear the stones. Thou washest away the things which grow out of the dust of the earth, and thou destroyest the hope of man. You know, the Hebrew word order here in verse 19 is more forcible. Stones themselves are worn by water. Its floods wash away the dust of the earth. Through erosion by water, there is a gradation from mountains to rocks, as verse 18 tells us, and then stones, and then last, dust of the earth. Thus the solid mountain at last disappears utterly. Since these natural objects, when once destroyed, remain in the same unrestored condition, so man, once dead, has no hope of living again in the present order of things. This is how Job felt. His days were spent without hope. For the sinner, we have nothing to look forward to but death. So bowed down was Job in his despair that he cried, I have sinned. What shall I do unto thee, O thou preserver of men? Why hast thou set me as a mark against thee, so that I am a burden to myself? And that was in verse twenty of Job seven. Job felt like a burden to himself. He acknowledged that he was a sinner. But instead of looking to God's mercy, he was so depressed under his troubles that he felt like God was setting him up as a mark or target to shoot his arrows at. Jeremiah felt the same also under depression and despair. In Lamentations three and verse twelve, "He hath bent his bow and set me as a mark for the arrow." Job's troubles constituted an affliction of terrible bodily sores on top of the loss of his children and most of his possessions. His physical condition represents, I believe, the natural condition of every one of us. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 5 and 6 says, The whole head is sick, and the whole heart faint. From the sole of the foot even unto the head there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Commenting on this hopeless condition of people, Ellen White writes in her beautiful book, Steps to Christ, on page 43, By nature we are alienated from God. The Holy Spirit describes our condition in such words as these, Dead in trespasses and sins, The whole head is sick, and the whole heart faint, No soundness in it, we are held fast in the snare of Satan, taken captive by him at his will, as Timothy 2, in verse, uh, 2 Timothy 2 and verse 26 says. God desires, though, to heal us, to set us free. But since this requires an entire transformation, a renewing of our whole nature, we must yield ourselves wholly to him. You know, that's why many people, I think, find the Christian life so deplorably hard. They want heaven, but they don't want to surrender up their life of sin to obtain it. Self, I think, is their biggest enemy. But, you know, God wants to forgive us our sins. In Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18 and 19, he gives us this invitation here. Come now and let us reason together, said the Lord Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But you know, God can't forgive us unless we are willing to give ourselves fully to Him. You see, with God, forgiveness is more than pardon of sin. Let me share from one of my favorite books, Thoughts from the Mount of Blessing. This is a book by Ellen White. She writes on page 114, Forgiveness has a broader meaning than many suppose. When God gives the promise that he will abundantly pardon, he adds as if the meaning of that promise exceeded all that we could comprehend. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, said the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. That's Isaiah 55 verse 7 to 9. And she goes on to write, God's forgiveness is not merely a judicial act by which he sets us free from condemnation. It is not only forgiveness for sin, but reclaiming from sin. It is the outflow of redeeming love that transforms the heart. David had the true conception of forgiveness when he prayed, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That's Psalms 51 verse 10. And again he says, As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. And that's Psalms 103 verse 12. Removing our transgressions from us as far as the east is from the west. That's what God does. He not only forgives us our sins, but He reclaims us from our sins. It includes the restoration of our souls, where our hearts are brought into harmony with God, and we are renewed in life. You know, for those suffering under the burden of a sin-polluted heart and life, Jesus gives the same invitation in Matthew as He gave in Isaiah, but in different words. Let's read here, Matthew chapter 11, And verses 28 to 30. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, taking up the yoke here means uniting your life with Christ's life. Surrendering up yourself to Him. But this is not easy. Alan White expressed it aptly again in her book Steps to Christ, page 43. The warfare against self is the greatest battle that was ever fought. The yielding of self, surrendering all to the will of God, requires a struggle. But the soul must submit to God before it can be renewed in holiness. This is the secret to the Christian walk. Surrender of the will to God. When we do that, no matter what troubles or perplexities come, we will be neither distressed nor in despair. We can rest fully in God's care. David expressed it this way, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. That's Psalms 55 and verse 22. You see, in times of trouble like Jacob was now in, David had found a refuge in the Lord. This developed his confidence in God and led him to make his encouraging self-exaltation cast your burden upon the Lord. This is primarily addressed to himself, but it belongs to all of us when in distress. For David, as the psalmist, is our representative. The Hebrew for burden is literally, thy gift the portion assigned to you by God. When you cast the provision of this gift upon Him to whom we daily pray, give us this day our daily bread, He will sustain you. You might be faced with troubles on every side, as the Apostle Paul was, but you won't be distressed. You might be perplexed, but you won't despair. When you surrender yourself to the Lord daily, you give Him your burden to carry. And he counts you as righteous and will never suffer you to be moved from your confidence in him. Peter says much the same thing in First Peter chapter 5 and verses 5 to 7. God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. David was also in similar distresses as Jacob now was, but he asks himself the question, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. And so with Jacob. He was in deep distress, but not just over himself and the wrong he had done to his brother, but also over the peril his sin had brought upon the innocent. His family and his servants were in a lonely mountainous region full of wild beasts and exposed to robbers and murderers. Alone and unprotected, Jacob was brought to his knees. In the next episode, we'll see what he did. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your love and mercy to us this morning. We thank you for this meditation. We pray that you'll Help us, Lord, to remember, if we are under that burden of sin, to realize that you are a God that's ready to forgive us and not only forgive us, but reclaim us from sin. So we pray, Lord, that you'll help us to cast our burdens upon you this day, especially this burden of sin, but any other troubles or perplexities we may have, that we might not be distressed about them, that we might not despair, but that we will trust in your love and care because we've cast our care Upon you, So may we do that this day. And we pray this and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to the 7am Bible this morning. I trust you've gained a blessing from it. And remember, wherever you are today, wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, take the Lord with you. Be prayerful, be careful, and have a great day. And I look forward to you joining me for the next episode of the 7am Bible.